Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. So how many of you guys have a big extended family? Anybody have like a pretty big extended family? A few of us, okay. Um, If you do, you might be like me. Uh, You might have different kinds of uncles, okay. Um, Some of us have what we might call a fun uncle, right? This is the guy that's always here to party, right? He gets his, yeah, Uncle Jesse, he gets his good gifts. He takes takes us to the coolest places. He's always having fun. He's giving you ice cream for breakfast, right? He's he's always up for a wild time. You always want to be with this this uncle, right? Um, Some of us have the weird uncle, right? Um, He's probably a great dude, but he's just kind of awkward to be around. Not a lot of social awareness, can't really read the room. You might say one word to him at Christmas and you're going to be trapped in a two-hour conversation, right? So you just kind of avoid him. Like He's like, this is why we need to get into Bitcoin right now. Like This is like, yeah, right? Um, And then some of us have the uncle that no one talks about, right? Maybe we're from a, a broken family or a family that's dealt with divorce or there was some tension in the family, right? And so... Um, you might have an uncle that you've never met, you've never heard about. It's not like this person's a dirtbag or anything. It's just that no one ever talks about him, right? And uh, he's just not, not a part of the family. So tonight we're, we're going to start the first of a two-part series about the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to be talking about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does in the world. And in my experience in church culture, depending on your background, um, when the Holy Spirit is talked about or thought about, he's kind of like one of these uncles sometimes, right? The Holy Spirit's the fun uncle. Like he's the life of the party. He's giving out gifts. He's blessing you. He never tells you no. It's a great time, right? Or maybe the Holy Spirit's kind of weird to you. Like, like I know he's God and that's great, but he seems a little awkward. If I get too close to him, I might get trapped, right? I might get invited to a prayer meeting. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to avoid the Holy Spirit, right? And, and some of us, man, the Holy Spirit's non-existent. We never hear about him. Like, Father? Yeah, okay. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. Yeah, I know those guys, but the Holy Spirit's kind of a mystery to me because no one's really talking about him, right? Any of those kind of approaches sound familiar, resonate with you? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is he like? What is the deal with the Holy Spirit? Like, Father makes sense, right? We know fathers, sons. We've been around some sons, but spirits? Have we been hanging out with spirits? If you have, I want to talk to you after service. (laughs) Right? Here's the deal. Our ideas about the Holy Spirit should be informed by what Scripture says and not what we feel. The Bible should be the starting place for our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And believe it or not, Scripture talks a ton about the Holy Spirit. He's all over Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Genesis to Revelation. He's all over. And and what we see from Scripture and in Scripture is that the Holy Spirit is God. He is the Spirit of God. He's one of the members of, of what early Christians called the Trinity, okay? The Trinity, this idea of it, he's one God, but he's three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the Athanasian Creed says co-eternal and co-equal, uncreated and unlimited. And although the term Trinity doesn't come up in the Bible, we don't see that in the Bible, we see multiple instances of all three of these persons of God, of this one God, Come, uh, we see multiple examples of that in Scripture. Uh, 
And one of the best examples of the Trinity we see is, is in Jesus' baptism. I want to unpack all of that, but we see Jesus gets baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, and then a voice from heaven, which is the Father, says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit descends on him as a dove. And so we see all three of the people, the persons of the Trinity in that. And you might be hearing that and thinking like, okay, one God, three persons, that seems kind of mysterious. And that's because it is, right? It is mysterious. I, had a, I went to a, an event one time where there were different religious teachers of different religions there. And the Muslim apologist um, that was there that was teaching, he was, he was awesome. He made this funny statement. He was like, one plus one plus one does not equal one. It equals three. You have three gods, right? Like, and so, and he was just like, we have one God in Islam, right? And so, um, he, he just said, the math doesn't add up, Christians. Listen, the math doesn't add up. And to be honest with you, I don't really want to follow a God that adds up. <laughs> Do you? Right? Like, if I understand everything about God, he might be made in my image, not me made in his, right? If, if, if he's an eternal creator, savior, and king, he should be somewhat mysterious to us as his finite creations. It doesn't mean he's unknowable. It just means that he's not totally explainable, <laughs> And that's actually a good thing. That means that he's bigger than us, that he's higher than us. And so the Holy Spirit is God. Now, how do we find out who he is in Scripture? What I would really like to do tonight is take you all through the whole Bible and read a bunch of Scriptures um, that talk about the Holy Spirit, um, but only one or two of you are theology nerds like me and would stay awake, right? So what we're going to do instead is, is go to some of Jesus' teachings on the Holy Spirit and see what we can learn about who the Holy Spirit is from Scripture. We're going to start in John 14. So in this chapter of the book of John, Jesus, this is the, the night of Jesus' arrest. In John 13, he washes the disciples' feet. We have the Last Supper. And then the next three chapters are Jesus' discourse with his disciples. And um, he's telling these disciples some important things right before he's arrested and crucified. Um, chapters 13 and 14 are some of those, or 13 through 17 are some of the most intimate teachings of Jesus because he's talking to his best friends on his way to his death. And it's worth reading straight through at some point. We won't do that tonight. I'm going to zoom in on what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in this passage. You guys hang with me. I'm going to read a large portion of Scripture. Nobody falls asleep. Okay. John 14, starting in verse 15. If you love me, obey my commands, commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Um, other translations call, uh, say, helper or comforter or counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commands, commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 25, I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate or the counselor or the helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, 
peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In chapter 16, he picks it back up. Verse 5, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. I'm like, yeah, dude, you said you're going to die. You said you're leaving. Of course we're grieving, right? But in fact, Jesus says something wild here. It is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Who is the Holy Spirit according to this passage? Who is Jesus describing the Holy Spirit as? He's, an, as, he's our advocate. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our helper. Does anybody need a helper in life sometimes? An advocate, right? A comforter. Someone that brings peace. Jesus in this passage says that God the Holy Spirit actually is going to dwell in his disciples. In Romans chapter 8, I have this, I think, scripture for you. Romans chapter 8, Paul actually affirms this in his letter to the Romans. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He's talking to the Roman church. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Verse 15, so you will uh, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. God, the Holy Spirit, as a believer, actually dwells in us. That's another mystery, right? I don't know how that works, but that's what Jesus says, that the Holy Spirit actually resides in us. In us. Another thing that Jesus points out in this passage is that the Holy Spirit will bring glory to Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit speaks on behalf of Jesus, reminds us what Jesus said, teaches us the truth, tells us the future. That's a lot of stuff. It sounds like the Holy Spirit's pretty cool, right? And what I love about him that we see here is that he is God, but his role in the Trinity is glorifying and bringing attention to Jesus. There's this beautiful mutual submission within the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, this cooperation within God himself that is so, so special, so wild. And here's something I want to point out that I think is really, really important. According to what Jesus is saying here, unless you've heard the audible voice of the Father from heaven, or you've had this uh, visitation from the risen Jesus, all the interactions that you've had with God have been through the Holy Spirit. Can I say that again? Unless you've heard the audible voice of God from heaven or Jesus has appeared to you physically in all of your interactions with God are through the Holy Spirit. Have you ever felt convicted about your sin or felt a desire to be more holy? That's what Jesus says the Holy Spirit does. Have you ever had a revelation of God's truth from his word you've been reading and it's like, I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading the Bible. Oh my goodness, the Bible just started reading me. That's the Holy Spirit. 
Have you ever had a scripture come to mind at just the right time when you needed it? That's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. He would teach you. He would remind you of the things that Jesus said. Have you ever felt led to change your plan for your future based on the leading from God? Some of us have. That's the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell us about the future. He's going to to help us move forward. Have you ever found comfort and peace outside of yourself in a time of deep need? That's the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is saying about him in this passage. If you have said yes to that, to those, any of those things, you have been interacting with the Holy Spirit all along. That's who the Holy Spirit is. And the reason that you may not realize that you're interacting with the Holy Spirit is because, just like Jesus says here, he does not seek to draw attention to himself. He glorifies Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is the one at work in our lives. He's the one that we're engaging with. He's the one who lives in us, in his presence, his voice, his leading. Those are the things that we're encountering day to day as believers. And if that's true, we don't have to be weirded out by him, right? We don't have to be confused about him or try to manipulate him. We can just grow in our awareness of and of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that make you want to get to know him more? To spend time with him? I hope so. It does for me. But wait, there's more. (laughs) We can see from this passage in John that Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension actually ushers in a new interaction with the Holy Spirit for us. Like, how can it be better than the Son of God? Like, how can it actually be better for the Son of God to leave? That doesn't make sense. Jesus, you're here. You're in body, you're resurrected. How is that better? Because Jesus was confined to a human body, and the Holy Spirit can be in all of us and interact with all of us. Like I said, that's a mystery. I don't know how that works, but I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful that Jesus promised that. And he's not just in us, but there's also more that Jesus is Jesus promises his followers. In the book of Acts, we see that before Jesus ascends into heaven, he gives his disciples these instructions. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? Okay, this is hilarious. Just pause. They were, Jesus is king, right? He's king of the universe. They're expecting Jesus to come in and take over. Okay, you, you died on the cross. You were resurrected on the third day. You've been hanging out with us. You've been doing some cool miracles. You going you gonna to take over now? And this is how he responds to them. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's answering them by like, this is how I'm going to establish my kingdom. By the Holy Spirit's power through you as witnesses all over the world. Not only is the Holy Spirit, Jesus promises that he will live in us, but he's also going to leave us a wonderful parting gift. (laughs) He's going to baptize us in his Holy Spirit or fill us to overflowing. Now, this is not like uh, um, the exorcist or something. Like, (laughs) you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't lose control of your body. And like, it's just, it's like, um, it's like, 
well, it's called baptism. It's like being immersed. So the Holy Spirit is in us, and it's like a cup that has water in it, and then we're actually immersed in water, right? The Spirit is in us if, if we're like this cup that has water in it. But as we're immersed in water, we're actually immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, kind of a mystery, but it's an amazing promise from Jesus to us as his followers. And the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is not only is he in us, not only does he do all those things that Jesus said in John 14 and 16, but he also empowers us, just like these passages say, for witness. He actually empowers us to share our faith with other people. Have you ever been worried about sharing your faith with people or been concerned about like, will I be rejected or I'm a little afraid or some of the missions team is like, yeah, dude, I'm feeling that talking to people about Jesus. Like, guess what? The Holy Spirit in his baptism actually empowers us to speak on Jesus's behalf, to be witnesses to what God's done in our life. And then also he helps us walk in holiness. I don't have time to read some of those scriptures. Alicia's actually going to get into that next week. Also, the Holy Spirit is a spiritual gift giver, supernatural power of God. That's what he says. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so when we look through the rest of the New Testament, we see these really cool gifts that God, uh, through the Holy Spirit, actually offers his people healing, miracles, faith, languages, interpretation of languages, like wild prophecy, words of knowledge, wisdom, all those things. Like he brings the supernatural into the natural world. The Holy Spirit does that. He's a miracle worker, just like we sang tonight. The Holy Spirit is the one who works miracles in our world. Have you seen someone be healed? Have you experienced like a supernatural healing? That was the Holy Spirit working in the world. Yes, you prayed in the name of Jesus that someone would be healed to the Father in the name of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit's power is the thing, is the person, is the way that provided that healing. Have you seen, um, have you have you had a burden for sharing your faith with someone? Like, yeah, okay, I'm afraid, but I got to do this. Like, I have to. That, that burden for witness, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing about this is that all of this, all of this exalts Jesus. The Holy Spirit, in his gifts and in his power, and like I said, Alicia's going to unpack some more of that next week. But all of that he does in order to exalt Jesus, in order to share about Jesus. When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we are like him in the sense that we are not drawing attention to ourselves, but we're pointing to Jesus in humility. That's what he wants to do in us. He doesn't just want us to be convicted of sin and righteousness. He doesn't just want to tell us about the future, but he actually wants to work powerfully in and through our lives to encounter a broken and hurting and lost world with the supernatural power of God in order to glorify Jesus and advance his kingdom, not just here, but in our city, in our country, in our world. A.W. Tozer says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Were we able to extract from any man, and I'll just add woman, a complete answer to the question, what comes into your mind when you think about God? We might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that person. Since the Holy Spirit is God, right? He says what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And since the Holy Spirit is God, that applies to him too. (laughs) The way that we think about him, what we believe about him, it shapes our lives. 
if he's just one of the uncles to us, <laughs> then we might have an incorrect or incomplete understanding of who he is and what he does. But, yeah, so like, yes, he gives gifts. Yes, walking with him is fun. Um, but he's not our spiritual gumball machine. That is not what the Holy Spirit is, right? Like, he also brings convictions, lead us to repentance. He doesn't always do what we want. What we want. Yes, sometimes the Holy Spirit does things in, in, in the world that's strange and weird. The healing, prophecy, miracles, like, yeah, those are odd. Those are strange because they're breaking through the natural order of the world. But, but we don't have to avoid the supernatural, when it's truly the Holy Spirit that's working in the world, that's the right kind of weird, right? That's the right kind of strange because he doesn't draw attention to himself. He glorifies Jesus and draws people to Jesus. Yes, we can theoretically go our whole Christian life without thinking about or talking about the Holy Spirit. But when we miss out on the fullness of relationship with God that, longs to have with, that he longs to have with us through his Spirit, we don't want to miss out on that. We should think deeply about the Holy Spirit and the truth about him. We should grow in our awareness of him and in our relationship with him. He is the one that we are relating to as we relate to God on this earth. And that's what Jesus said he wanted for us in this passage. That's what he wants for those of us that follow him, to engage with his spirit. So let us let scripture inform our theology and our experience. And let's see what joy and peace and power that God might have in store for us if we'll go deeper with the Holy Spirit, engage with him, learn about him, understand how he works in our world. Anyone want to go deeper with the Spirit? Yeah? So, okay, so any nerds out there? I got a big list of scriptures. If you guys want to take a picture of this, we're going to see how serious you are about learning about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I would encourage you, if you want to go deeper, first of all, we're going to spend some time in just a minute just praying and just uh, after our discussion time, just praying, God, Holy Spirit, just help us grow in you, help us experience you, know more about you. But then also, if you want to jump into this and learn more about him, he's all through the Bible. He's all through the Bible. And also, come back next week to hear about what the Bible says about what he does in the world. Alicia's going to unpack some of that. It's going to be really cool. We're going to have some stories. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.